Now throw your ears in the air and listen like you just don't care. And if you like two weird chicks who have big dicks, everybody out there say, Twat you say? Twat you say? A podcast with Jen and Amber, two two girls girls who don't know what the fuck they're doing. What up, everybody? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, how can I follow that introduction? I know, it was just too perfect. Uh, uh, it's us. I was going to say the twat girls. <laughs> That's inappropriate. Twatters. <laughs> Those would be our fans. Our fans are the twatters. The twatters. Uh-huh. Um, anywho, <laughs> I'm Jen. I'm Amber. And this is the first episode in our Spooky October series. And today's episode is called... We all float down here. <laughs> Creepy. Um, and today's episode is going to be all about horror movies, mm-hmm. which I know is one of Amber's favorite genres. Oh, you know it is one of my <laughs> favorite genres. You know, by the end of this episode, you'll all float too. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, no, seriously. I like how yours but um bum because oh, you were like a joke. No, Mine was like a joke. <laughs> Mine's ominous. Dun, dun, dun. The perfect blend of what this episode <laughs> is supposed to be. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, horror movies are kind of my jam. What's your favorite thing about horror movies? Um, that's a good thing. Or, I mean, a good. <laughs> it's a good, a good thing. thing. Shut up. <laughs> good thing to question um no uh I think it's the adrenaline rush there's like it's this weird like fine line between you know when you have like anticipation for something uh and being anxious about something yeah and anticipation is nice like if like you know let's say like in a romance you know anticipation is key it's yeah that build up you gotta build it up and yeah. uh in a i guess a slightly fucked up version of that that's why i like horror movies they have that build up and anticipation something that you're you know not ready for not expecting and then yeah. you know you get that uh that adrenaline high when uh whence um whence <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start talking like that. Um, <laughs> Henceforth, Henceforth, hither to something. in a fortnight. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's probably it's it's the adrenaline rush. Yeah, and you know that that uh, the fact that something that you're watching can so like viscerally affect you. Yeah. It's a, Mine's kind of the same cuz yeah, I find it If I go see a really good horror movie specifically in the theater, mm-hmm. you know it's a good horror movie when my knees are like to my chin and like I'm just like protecting myself from the screen <laughs> with my knees. You know what I mean? Like For I sure. put my feet up on the seat in front of me and I just curl in a ball cuz I'm terrified that this fictional fictional thing. thing that's happening on a screen is going to physically affect me. I love it. I, I think I also... I, I love watching horror movies with people because I love seeing their reactions to it. Like, uh, like I, I tend to take uh, our friend Veronica to horror movies a lot just because I know that she's a little baby. And she... <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. Yeah. Oh, she's a baby, but she's a baby who will actually watch things with me still, though. Because yeah. a lot of people are like, no, nah, I just won't do horror movies. Yeah. But no, she's I like, like being scared. Yeah, like, I scare easy, but I like being scared. Yeah, and it's funny because she jumps, she's she smacks me. <laughs> so maybe it's a little bit of being a masochist. I just want to be hit a little bit <laughs> while watching it. That sounds a little kinky and it's not meant to. Um, but yeah, I love horror movies. And I love that in general, maybe not in general, but like some some of my favorite types of horror movies are ones that kind of are very, uh, not introspective on themselves, but like very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. You know, there's usually a little bit of uh, humor mixed in with it. Because if you're going to have, <laughs> you're going to have that much uh, messed up shit on the screen. <laughs> right? You got to have some redeeming yeah, qualities. Some redeeming qualities. It can't be all gore because then it's just too much. Yeah. I mean, not to say that all of my favorite, you know, horror movies have comedy in them. Because that's not necessarily true. Right. But most of my favorite horror movies have comedies in them. Uh but yeah, I, I, I love horror movies. Uh, 
What What do you think are your top three favorite? My top three favorite. Well, one of them would have to be <laughs> a Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, because it's classic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one isn't really a horror movie, probably, but I found it horrific. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, what lies beneath? Yes. Freaked me out because um, there was basically a ghost that was in the character's bathtub. And so for a few weeks after, every time I was in the shower, I was like thinking about it and like paranoid. So it was not a good time <laughs> for me. Yeah, I, I love that movie as well. Although I think that for a slightly different reason, I have a uh, just a small obsession with Mr. Harrison Ford. And even though he ends up being the bad guy in that movie, spoiler alert, I <laughs> said that first, uh, I just, I can't get enough of it. Plus, yeah. it just, I mean, that movie It's a was, good movie. Plus, it's just, I yeah. love Michelle Pfeiffer, too, so. Oh, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer is the shit. We still need to watch Mother, because she's in that, and uh, that movie's supposed to be weird. Yeah. But, like, and kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, Probably in a similar type of way, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. But um but yeah, no, that movie just in general, it was a really well done movie and For it, sure. And it took you on I to, I if as far as I can remember, because it actually it's, it's been, been a while, while yeah. since I've watched it. Uh it took you on this journey where you thought that it was gonna be one thing and then yeah, it turned out. It was out really to be good some, with the yeah. whole switching of what actually was happening exactly. in your mind. Yeah. And I like I like when things as much it's as not as predictable. You yeah, know. yeah. As lo- as much as I enjoy a good horror trope, or you know, uh, kind of being able to joke around and like commentate because you can tell when something's coming. Yeah, I I do really like being surprised for sure. So yeah, there's there's something to be had for movies that are predictable but that are enjoyable. Like most rom coms, I'm sorry. Yeah, pretty predictable. But I love that they still about get them. The same feeling, right? I love that about them. But with horror or with like psychological things I do like to be surprised yeah exactly yeah yeah um so then I'd say the last one in my favorites or in my top just because of the like whole body itching factor (laughs) would be arachnophobia I've only seen it one time um I was at a sleepover at my aunt's house my aunt and uncle and they showed that to me right before bed Super great. So, uh, super great. I was I wanted parenting. parenting skills, but they weren't your parents, so I guess super they're great babysitting. Exactly. <laughs> um so yeah, worst night of sleep ever on the couch thinking that bugs were crawling over the ceiling in front of me. Yeah, it was oh gross. Oh, I, I know that feeling well. Uh <laughs> just a week ago, uh I had to drive home with a rogue spider in my mom's car and I had a legit panic attack the entire drive there, like bawling my eyes out, slapping at myself every five seconds because it felt like something was crawling on me. Uh, and that actually probably was a direct result of me watching arachnophobia, arachnophobia when I was a kid. <laughs> like, that- yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it gave me my spider phobia, but it didn't help it at all. It made it worse. Yeah, it I think it that me, it might have given worse. me my my so spider phobia. Um, so the very good ones. Um, uh, actually, your uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was on my top three as well. Uh, because it was, I think, the first like horror movie that really like affected me in that like even after it was over, I was still freaked out. Like, yeah. Um, because like it stayed with you a it while. It stayed with me for up into like well into my teen years. Like. Because he gets you when you're sleeping and, like, you have no control. Like, at least in, like, a regular slasher film, like, you can try and run. You can hide. You can hide. You can all stuff. You can't hide from your own subconscious. Like, there's literally no way. Um, Plus, obviously, he has a young Johnny Depp. So. Good old crybaby. Crybaby. But, yeah, that one was definitely probably like the first horror movie that really just traumatized me um and then it definitely was another one all these movies giving me phobias that i've taken into <laughs> yeah my i never saw the original it so um, no clown phobia for me yeah it's funny because i i don't feel like watching it now it's as scary as it was it i mean it's still i can appreciate it yeah for what it was but yeah when i was a kid like pennywise that 
<laughs> I mean, the new Pennywise is creepy. I don't know He's what the old Pennywise so looked like. so creepy. But... Like, um... The old Pennywise, it's funny because in comparison now, he's, I don't think he's probably as creepy as he was, but for some reason back in the day, like, Tim Curry's Pennywise was just wrong. It was just <laughs> so wrong in, in such a right way. Um, and, um, let's see, I think the next one is one that maybe most people wouldn't consider a horror movie, but I definitely considered it a horror movie. And it's uh, this movie that Kevin Smith did back in 2011. Uh, it's called Red State. And it scared me because it was about this, you know, fanatical, you know, religious group that basically, like, lured people, like, in with their quote-unquote sins, like, uh-huh. you know, as bait... And then, like, tortured and killed them. And then there was this big, like, you know, shootout with, like, the government and stuff. And to me, what was so creepy about that movie was how... Realistic. Realistic that it is. Because, yeah. you know... that stuff has happened. Yeah. And in a lot of horror movies, you usually have this, you know, mythical, over-the-top horror movie villain that's, you know supernatural and yeah. like you know so or things can, that could happen but wouldn't be at, or aren't as common yeah aren't as common but like this is like that one is so close to like reality and so especially with the way everything's going like yeah now like <laughs> way more likely to happen yeah and um, groups like that totally exist oh yeah um so now we'll do a uh just a few would you rather's horror movie edition and then um, I'm going to talk after that a little bit about um, horror movie curses. And Amber is going to get into um, the origins of horror movie villains. So let's get started. Do you want to go first or me? Uh, you can go first. Okay. Would you rather... Okay. Sorry. This one actually doesn't start that way. <laughs> <laughs> There's a killer on the loose. Would you rather be locked in a haunted insane asylum or lost in the woods? Fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with lost in the woods. Okay. I, and because, I mean, they're both of them, if you're in a horror movie... You fucked. You're fucked either way. Well, this isn't a horror movie. This is just real life. This is real life. Um, (laughs) And there's a killer on the loose. (laughs) um, But you said it's a haunted insane asylum, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there, it's probably the same reason that I prefer to take you know streets or back roads to the um, freeway. Both of them are shitty options. But I don't like feeling confined like there's no way that I'm going to be able to get out. And there's yeah. way more chance of me being locked into an asylum than being locked into the woods. Like, well, at least, sure, yeah. At least there's a little bit of breathing room there. You know, yeah. I'm trying to hide and shit, go some camo, you know. <laughs> I thought I thought the woods, too. I figured the... I keep saying a sane asylum, and it's insane asylum. Clearly, I am smart. Okay. <laughs> I think goddamn genius. (laughs) I think the insane asylum would have more places to quote unquote hide easier, but because it's also haunted, that is ghosts and spirits that I have to like. And you can't hide from a ghost and spirits; they can walk through fucking walls. Right, exactly. So it's not even just the killer that's like against me; it's also the ghosts and spirits against me. So even though. I mean, I find running from someone in the woods unrealistic because literally every step you make, like, the sound bounces off all the fucking trees. True. You can't be stealth in a wood. You really can't. Unless you but, to I mean, I don't want to deal with ghosts, too, so I'm choosing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, they're both shitty options. They're both shitty options. <laughs> the name of the game. <laughs> okay, um, your, your choice. I mean, right. your question. Um, would you rather be fingered by Freddy Krueger... Or have sex with the girl from Teeth. And you have to imagine oh that my whatever God. you would need to have penetration in these scenarios is there. So if you're having sex with the girl, that means you have a penis. And if you Even if you weren't. Back, even if you were just like, you know, tacoing yeah. it up. That That's would still, still fuck still, you up. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one I actually made up by myself. The other ones I found online. <laughs> That's fucked up. I know. 
I fuck, man. I would rather be fucking fingered because with the blade finger because it's gonna be a clean cut as opposed to bitch with teeth's gonna fuck me up. I'm gonna look like fucking raw hamburger. And you know, Freddie likes to make jokes, so he might make you laugh while he's doing it. Right. I don't. You that's know, my try, best answer. They trying to charm you. Damn. With that, <laughs> let's get into some uh, horror movie curses. So, basically, if you don't know what a horror movie curse is, it's basically a curse, so to speak, around the actors, the um, crew, anybody involved in the making of a horror movie, whether it, these occurrences or bad luck, you would say, happen during filming or after whatever. So I'm going to go through some of the ones I was reading about that kind of stuck out to me and go from there. Okay. So the first movie that I'm going to talk about is The Conjuring, which came out in 2013. If you haven't seen it, and I have not, oh, <laughs> but I, love the I Googled. <laughs> so um, it's based on the Perrin family who discovered a basement that was boarded up and they took down the planks. First mistake. Um, and then they were soon haunted by noises and ghosts um, and got help from professional investigators um it's like they've never seen a horror movie what the the parent (laughs) right exactly if a basement's boarded up but it's probably for a reason exactly okay so apparently the actual parent family came to set one day and when they arrived the whole family was literally encircled in a gust wind wind gust (laughs) anywho (laughs) a little wind storm But the trees around and everyone else around, there was no wind that was touching them. It was just around the family, which was creepy. I was going to say, that's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They say that director James Wan's dog would constantly be, like, tracking something in his room at night. um, And it happened several nights in a row. And this kind of freaked me out because I believe that Amber's house is haunted. Well, our house is haunted. Um... And it one of the, is. It, it totally is. And I know because my cat literally every single night tracks something in my room. And he's done it before at my old house, but mm. I know that was my grandma because it was my grandma's house. Yeah. And so like here he's still doing it. So I'm like, it's weird. <laughs> so yeah, if your pet tracks something in your house, be on the lookout for a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> James Wan did a uh, saw. Oh, yeah? Which we just watched the other day. Yes, we did. I mean, not for the first time, but just we rewatched it. <laughs> for the umpteenth time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so then actress Vera Farmiga, who played Lorraine Warren, um, had opened her script one day on her laptop back in her hotel, and there was three digital claw marks on her script, which weren't there previously. What? Yeah. And then uh, it's reported that on her last day of filming, she was, like, changing or something, and she looked down, and she had fucking three claw marks on her thigh out of nowhere. I'd be like, nope, I'm done. I'm I'm I mean, it was, her, it was her last day of shooting anyway, so that's probably why he waited. Like, <laughs> you better finish that movie, though. <laughs> I would have had somebody cleanse me, like... Right? Put that holy water all over. All up and down. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> Which reminds me, we, we really need to get... Like, the anti-possession, supernatural tattoos. Some kind of. Something. Especially if, like, we have a reoccurring theme of, like, darkness. We want protection. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, oh, the next... Darkness, my old friend. <laughs> the next Sorry. movie is Amityville Horror, which, um, obviously, the original came out before this, but I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about the remake, which came out in 20, uh, 2005. Um, but the Amityville Horror is based on the true story of George and Kathy Lutz, who were newlyweds. That were terrorized by demonic forces um, after they moved into a large house um, and apparently the house was the site of grisly mass murders a year prior so for the remake um, I only have a couple notes but four weeks prior to production um, a dead body of a fisherman floated up on shore where they were gonna be filming well that's awkward that's a bad <laughs> is bad juju right there <laughs> and then um, interesting one kind of Ryan Reynolds, who plays George Lutz in the remake, um, would awaken at 3.15 nearly every night while he was filming. And that was the same that happened for the character in the movie. And And it's supposedly the uh, real-life killer Ronald DeFeo's Mm -hmm. time that he killed. 
Okay, so we both talked about Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't necessarily have like a curse, but I had like an interesting thing that I read. A little tidbit. Um, so apparently, and I did not know this, the film was based on a slew of actual nightmare deaths. Um, so the movie came out in 1984, but between the years of 83 and 87, there was a reported 130 Asian male immigrants who died unexpectedly after extreme night terrors. Um, and so the research I was reading was saying that, um, there's different like lore and stories in the Philippines and Japan and Thailand, several of the countries, um, where they're slightly different, but they're basically all the same and loosely translated what they're called. Um, is nightmare deaths and um, apparently the average age was around 33 but the men were like healthy otherwise like literally had nothing wrong and then they complain of night ter- like extreme night terrors they would like cry out in their sleep and die like that or they'd wake up the next morning and be dead Ooh. 130 that's and excessive. all asian <laughs> that's crazy that's that is crazy like what kind of demigod was like mad not one that I want to piss off. Right? That's creepy. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was just a, a fun little fact that I thought was interesting. Um, so Twilight Zone, the movie, came out in 1983, um, which is basically the movie version of the television show. Um, and so in the movie, lead actor Vic Morrow, a year prior to beginning filming, he took out a $5 million life insurance policy and told his family and friends at that time that like, he just had a bad feeling that in one of his upcoming movies, he was going to be shooting something bad was going to happen. So on the twilight zone, um, while he was filming or while he was on set, um, a helicopter crashed on set and decapitated him. Holy shit. (laughs) decapitated him bye-bye damn yeah and then they reportedly um they later discovered that a concept artist who was working on the film had um drawn up an almost identical scene that he wanted to put into the movie what how fucking creepy is that oh i get chills and also gagged a little bit (laughs) (laughs) chilly gag Psycho came out in 1960, which is the story of a Phoenix secretary, Marion Crane, um, who embezzled $40,000 from her employer's client and then runs basically across country um, and on her journey checks into this motel, mm-hmm. which was a huge mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the um, what I found out about Psycho was that during filming... Um, the stunt double or fill-in for Janet Lee, who plays Marion Crane, um, was actually murdered on set by a handyman who was working on the production. What? And there's different theories that I was reading. So one theory was saying that he did it to impress uh, director Alfred Hitchcock, but um, other sources said that he was obsessed with Janet Lee and thought that it was her. That seems more likely. Right, that's what I think. <laughs> you probably just is a pervert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you killed the wrong girl. Ooh. Yeah. How crazy. That's hella crazy. I'm surprised that I didn't know that. Yeah. I've, like, I read a bunch of stuff that I had no idea. Wow. That's crazy. Um, okay. So then the last three that I have, I feel like, are more like epitomes of actual curses because it affected a lot of different people on mm-hmm. set. So I have a feeling okay. I know what one of them is. So, the first one I'm going to say is Rosemary's Baby. This one... Is that the one? No. Oh. But I do know about that. <laughs> this one came out in 1968. Um, it's the story of a pregnant woman who discovers that her husband made a deal with a religious cult um, and then believes that the father of her baby is Satan. Mm. Good old Satan. The Antichrist. <laughs> so, um, composer Christoph Kamita died of a brain clot one year after the film came out and that is the same way that in the film rosemary's friend hutch died yep and i mean it's not the most common way to die so but it could be coincidence you know could be coincidence anything can be coincidence but yeah on the flip side (laughs) anything could also not be coincidence. right so um next one would be um for rosemary's baby william castle who was a producer on the film he received he started receiving death threats a year after the film came out 
Um, and then a few days after receiving those death threats, he ended up in the ER for kidney failure. And like as he's being admitted in the ER, he's reportedly being heard yelling out, Rosemary, for God's sake, put down the knife. And then later that evening, he died of a heart attack. Aches. It's fucked up, Rosemary. It is fucked up. She, like, cut up his insides. Well, Rosemary wasn't really the... No, I know. Yeah. But, but he called out to her, so she was doing something. <laughs> she was doing something. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, most notably from this movie, um, roughly a year after the film was released, director Roman Polanski's wife, Sharon Tate, and four other um, people were murdered in a ritualistic manner by Charles Manson's people. Mm-hmm. Um, Sharon was eight months pregnant at the time, so technically, if you count that, that would be six lives that they took. Exactly. Um, and she was stabbed 16 times. Oh, I know. I've That's sad. read a lot of things on the Manson yeah. family and watched a lot of things, and that whole thing is just horrible. Horrible. Um, oh, you know what that reminds me of? Tarantino is doing a movie right now called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. that has, like, everybody in it, um, but uh, it's... I'm not in it. Well. Fuck. Like, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, she's got me speechless right now. Um, you're like, you're right. You're not right. right. You're not, <laughs> there's literally no other response I have to that <laughs> other than you are correct. That is correct. <laughs> um, but I think Margot Robbie is actually playing Sharon Tate in oh, the yeah? movie. Yeah, because they're going to touch on the, the Manson murders and stuff. Yeah. I think uh, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio also in that movie. Cool. There's a bunch of white people, apparently. Damn. <laughs> no, there's other people in it, too. Those are just the only ones I can remember. That's right. Um, okay, so she was stabbed 16 times, and then... Um, so, one of the ladies that was there that killed them... Yeah. Um, took, like, a rag and took sh- uh, Shannon Tate's blood and wrote pig on the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this shit was fucked up. So <laughs> fucked up. Okay, so that's Rosemary's baby. I mean... Yeah. What else can you say? What else can you say? Okay. Next would be Poltergeist. That's the one I knew. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, came out in 1982. Uh, it's the story of the Freeling family whose home was invaded by ghosts. Um, and then those ghosts subsequently abducted their daughter, Carol Ann. Bye, Carol Ann. You know, I think Poltergeist was another movie that also contributed to my fear of clowns. I've never seen Poltergeist. It's, even now, like, watching it now, it still creeps me out. It's, I mean, it's, I don't think it's maybe as scary as it was when I was a kid. Right. But. I don't think anything that you saw as a kid that's scary is ever as scary as when you're adult. exactly. But. Um. But it, it's definitely the one that's probably held its own the most since I was a kid. Like, yeah. as far as, like, it's still pretty creepy. And it might be because I know stuff about all it. the yeah, stuff yeah, about yeah. it. Um, but there's, like, a there's a clown doll in the, um, in the movie that's in the little girl's room. And that was another thing that contributed to my fear of clown. <laughs> okay, so Poltergeist. Um, producer Steven Spielberg apparently used real skeletons mm-hmm. in a muddy pool scene. Because real skeletons were cheaper than plastic skeletons. Yes, didn't tell the actors. Right, either. the actors had no idea. Yeah, that's not really a curse, but like, but it, it could have contributed. Gross fact. But it could have contributed. Maybe that started a, the fucking curse. Yeah, it could, Spielberg. Okay, because going back to Supernatural, if you don't burn the fucking bones, right, you let those spirits live right on. in. Okay, I'm just saying. And then you swam with it. Ooh. Yeah, but I would have been, I would have sued if I was That's the so actress, up, right? Because they didn't tell her. Yeah, I know they like, had no idea. Yeah, I'm, messed up. Yeah, that scene is fucked up too. Okay, <laughs> so then Joe Beth Williams, who played Diane Freeling, would go home like every few days on her breaks or whatever, and she'd have to keep straightening the pictures in her house, and then she'd leave, and then she'd come back, and all of her pictures would be crooked again. Uh, so she literally had to do that every time she came home. Mm. Um, Oliver Robbins, who played Robbie Freeling, nearly died while filming the clown attack scene. <laughs> there was apparently a malfunction with the prop clown, and Oliver was literally choking. And the crew and the cast were just like, damn, he a good-ass actor, though. Yeah, the mal- that malfunction with the clown was that, that it was a goddamn possessed-ass clown. <laughs> How scary would that be, though? Oh like, my people God. are like, looking at you like... 
damn, this motherfucker is good. And you're like, no, mother- I'm dying. I'm literally dying. <laughs> I'm literally dying in front of you. But luckily, they figured it out and he didn't die. Thank God. <laughs> um, and then Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann Freeling, um, died of cardiac arrest and septic shock after being misdiagnosed. And she was only 12 years old, which yeah, is that one super really sad. sad. And I think also, or I don't know, maybe you still have another fact. To I have one more. Um, Diane Dunn, who played Dana Freeling, was brutally strangled by her ex-boyfriend, John Thomas Sweeney, in the driveway of her home. Mm-hmm. She then went into a coma, was put on life support, and three days later died. Yep. That was... <laughs> that yeah. was I saved that one for last because it's the yeah. most gruesome, you know? Yeah, and it was real sad. That's super sad, too. What it reminds it? me of... Um, Ducky? No, it reminds me of O.J. Simpson. Yeah. That's another episode. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> okay, so then the last one, which is my favorite cursed movie thing, or horror movie, whatever, um, is The Omen, which came out in 1976, which is the story of a rich family who adopted a newborn, naming him Damien Thorne, and then the family was subsequently surrounded by ominous deaths, only to find out that their little boy is the Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> Son of Satan. <laughs> um, so, this one has the most like substantial ones that I found, which is why it's my favorite curse. Um, so, David Seltzer, the screenwriter for the film, was flying to begin production, and his plane was struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. Gregory Peck, when he was coming over, his plane was struck by lightning. But a darker fact is he had rescheduled his flight and his original flight turned out uh, was in a plane crash and there was no survivors. Damn. Yeah. I knew some of these facts. I didn't know that one though. Um, The IRA or Irish Republican Army bombed the hotel that director Richard Donner was staying at during production. Crazy. Um, In the film, there's a baboon scene that's filmed in the safari park. Well, the day after they filmed that... The uh, animal handler who had been on set with them the day prior was eaten alive by a lion. <laughs> <laughs> Live by the animal, die, die by, by the, the animal. animal. Fuck. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, just, no. I was going to say just like Steve Irwin. Big ups to Steve Irwin. Oh. Um, Take so, yeah. a moment, please. <laughs> okay. Um, on the first day of filming, some crew members uh, were driving back from lunch or something. And they were in a head-on collision. They were fine, though. Um, And then the last fun fact for this curse. uh, On the... Oh, no, sorry. Um, Special effects supervisor John Richardson, who worked on and designed uh, the decapitation scene in the film, he was driving around with his assistant, Liz Moore. They were also involved in a head-on car collision where Liz Moore got decapitated... And decapitation, man. Not only that, that happened on a Friday the thirteenth, on a road where um, John Richardson looks up and sees a road sign that says "Omen O M M E N six six point six kilometers." No, just swear. Let's not let's not with the with the mark of the or the right. The number of the devil. Like, not only was that fucked up, that, like, she was decapitated, he had, like, worked on a decapitation scene, and, like, it happened in front of him in real life, and then he looks up and he sees, basically, Omen 666. So, what does that tell you? The Omen curse is real. It's trying to kill all y'all. I have the DVD, and I've actually never seen the movie, and now I'm like, fuck, I'm never watching it. (laughs) I have seen the movie. I also saw the awful remake. I bought the the DVD a long time ago, literally years ago, because I wanted to watch it, and it was, like, at Target for, like, six bucks or something stupid. So, I bought it, and I never watched it, but, like, I'm glad I have it, but I've never watched it. And now... I'm never going to. I'm (laughs) terrified. movie itself isn't super terrifying. No, right. But the curse but again, is real. Yeah. Apparently. The curse is real. Look at it. One, two, three, They're four, cursing five. everybody up in here. <laughs> <laughs> the omen is trying to kill you. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> okay. So that was my section. And then now it will be your turn. Okay. So I guess that means it's my turn. Um, oh, I'm getting a little nervous. Like a, being in school. But... It's about something I love, 
well, sort of. I don't love, you know, real killers, but <laughs> I do enjoy a good horror movie villain. Mm. So, uh, and I decided to look up kind of the origins of some horror movie villains. I found some pretty interesting shit. Um, so I'm just gonna jump into it. It's probably not gonna sound as good as Jen's because she's just better at so darn perfect exactly <laughs> just kidding um far from <laughs> i don't think her brain goes as chaotic as mine does when i'm you'd be stuff. surprised but, <laughs> um so the first one i'm going to talk about is a uh, movie one of the only movies on this list that i made uh that i actually have not seen the movie of um but when i saw who it was about it made me think of a different movie i had seen and so then i was like i'm gonna include it anyways so, uh, it's this movie called The Girl Next Door, not to be confused with The Girl Next Door. About a porn star. About a porn star. <laughs> um, not that girl. Not that girl. On the other story. side. I do love that movie, though. <laughs> that Emil is a good Hirsch movie. is Bay in that movie. <laughs> um, but no, this one, uh, it was a movie about a woman who um, tortures. A girl. Wait, what? Oh, you said a girl next door. Never mind. I was yeah, gonna yeah. say, what's it called? <laughs> it's called the girl next door. Came out in two thousand seven. I'm back on the page. There you go. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's about uh this woman who tortures a girl in their in her basement along with her kids, right? Oh wow. And it's really brutal. Um, and so when I saw that, I was like, I saw a movie that was actually based on the person that that villain was based on. So, uh. The main character or the main villain in The Girl Next Door is Ruth Chandler, and she is based off of um, Gertrude, and this is going to be, I'm going to butcher the shit out of her last name. Thank of you. Of course, there's a car alarm. Thank you, car alarm. So, um, The Girl Next Door is, or sorry, Ruth Chandler, uh, the villain in The Girl Next Door, is based off of Gertrude Benazuski. I'm not sure if that's actually how you pronounce it, but that's what it looks like. Hmm. Uh, she was an Indiana woman who tortured and murdered Sylvia Likens um, in 1965. And Sylvia was only 16 years old. Um, she had, from what I remember of the movie that I had, had seen that was actually about Gertrude and Sylvia, mm-hmm. it was called An American Crime, and it had Ellen Page in it playing Sylvia. Um, and I think Catherine Keener was the one who played the Gertrude character. Um, but essentially, uh, Ellen Page's character and her sister, um, start living with this woman and her, like, I don't know, like, ten kids. I don't know, she had a shit ton of kids. <laughs> um, because they were, uh, the kids of, um, circus, um, folk, and uh-huh. so it was, you know, they made some sort of deal with Gertrude that, like, the, the parents said they'd give, you know, give her, her money. money to... Take care of their kids. Take care of the kids, right? Um, And uh, she she just, she picked on Sylvia so much and, like, called her a slut and, like, just all this, it was a, it was a really horrible movie. It was really disturbing. Um, But, uh, yeah, she ended up basically getting her kids and some of the neighborhood kids to torture this girl. And she eventually died from her wounds. Um, but, uh, so, in the movie The Girl Next Door, uh, from what it said, the, the way, the violence in the movie is really, really brutal, um, so maybe not even as brutal as what they did to Sylvia, although what they did to Sylvia was really, really messed up, um, so they would, they beat her, they raped her, they, and eventually managed to torture her to death um yeah and they used a red hot needle to carve words into her stomach wow yeah uh i mean this poor girl like the movie that i that i saw was it was hard to watch yeah really hard to watch um but uh yeah so i guess in the girl next door the 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 villain in that is based off of this woman and it goes even further than what this woman did and wow to know that what this woman and her kids did actually did actually in reality, did. and it's worse than and that. And it's worse than that. I kind of want to see it. I kind right? of don't. It intrigues know? me and terrifies me at the same time. Um, 
at the same damn time. time. Um, And then, so the next one on my list is The Hills Have Eyes, uh, the original 1970s one, not the remake that they did, um, which, you know, was all right. Uh, I don't think that the first one was that (laughs) great, but I... Neither here nor there. (laughs) Neither here nor there. And hopefully people aren't mad at me for saying that. But, um, so it is a horror movie by Wes Craven, who was, like, the master of horror. Yeah. Um, but this was one of his first movies that he had did. I think he'd only, he'd only done The Last House on the Left prior to doing this. Um, but it's about a family of cannibals. (laughs) Always fun. Yep. That, uh, terrorize a vacationing family. And it, uh, well, the family... Uh, like Papa Jupiter and all of his incestuous, deformed, the uh, family members. Yeah. Um. It's actually based on uh the story of Sonny Bean and his uh Scottish clan. They used hmm. to uh they lived in a cave, um, and they would ambush, rob, and kill uh people who basically kind of got off the beaten path, and yeah. then they would eat them. Wow. Yeah. Um. I mean, I would assume they chose such a remote location because nobody's going to be missed there or, like, maybe it's expected that they might go missing, you know? Yeah, or something like that. Um, And it says that he was ex... The, you know, Papa Bean here, uh, was uh, executed for the murder and cannibalization of more than a thousand people. Wow. Um, It's... I would think eating a thousand people is bad for you. You... Very high cholesterol. (laughs) I in fat. Yeah. And apparently most of his clan were also his kin, which because they... Yeah. You know. They were off the beaten path, so they had to just procreate with themselves. Exactly. Um, So obviously the hills have eyes wasn't set in Scotland. It was set in the desert, but... uh, That's creepy. But yeah, so there was an actual family that did the same things that they did in the hills have eyes which is gross and very gross um apparently sonny bean also uh inspired the murderous family in house of a thousand corpses too Hmm. so um i I actually found in a lot of these uh what was pretty consistent is that uh they these like the real life like people inspired multiple Multiple people yeah multiple Multiple villains. villains yeah um the next one on my list is Red State, which I mentioned earlier. Earlier, <laughs> um, so it stars John Goodman, Melissa Leo, Michael Angarano from Sky High, because <laughs> no nobody else is gonna know who he is, um, and uh, Michael Parks, who actually played the main villain, uh, Aben Cooper. Um, so he's a fanatical leader of the fictional Five Points Trinity Church, and they. Like I said before, they lure sinners in, kind of using their quote unquote sin. Right. Um, like that they're going to be saved. Yeah. Like, or, well, they lure them in using their, like, the sin and then, like, catfish oh, them. Got and you. it's like, nah, like, you're, 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 a, you're a homosexual. You're, you know, you're discussing we're going to beat that homosexuality out of you. Like, you know. Yeah. So, but to get them to get to get people there, they, they like pretended. they pretend that like you know they're into it. Yeah, gotcha. So, um, and then uh, they basically bring them back to the church and they torture and kill them in the name of God. Wow. Um, and which <laughs> fucked up, right? Super, super fucked up. Well, the main character, the main villain, I mean, uh, Aben Cooper was based off of uh, Fred Phelps. Uh, he was the minister of the Westboro Baptist Church, uh, and he had v- was known for extreme views on homosexuality, and um, they would, like, protest near funerals of gay people, military veterans, disaster victims, anyone that they thought, like, that their deaths uh, were viewed as punishment for from God against the United States because the United States has bankrupt values and we tolerate gay people so this is a real person this is the real guy like fred phelps that was how he thought and like they were just they were horrible he never like killed anybody so it wasn't like you know but his mentality but his mentality was exactly the mentality of the main character in this movie which is why i said that it was one of those ones that like yeah affected me because i'm like this is people like there that are do people, exist. Yeah, yeah, there are people out there like that that do exist. Like, so it's not that far off that they could, you know. Yeah. 
just a snap. <laughs> so, uh, that one was, uh, pretty interesting to find out about. Uh, the next one I have is Misery, uh, which is like, um, the one with Kathy Bates and James Caan mm. where, you know, she kidnaps her favorite author and ends up hobbling his legs. Oh. <laughs> hobbling. Um, apparently Annie Wilkes, the the villain was partially inspired by Janine Jones. Uh, so she was a nurse who was responsible for the deaths of, I think it was up to like 60 or 70 uh, children and babies. She would um, inject them with, uh, and I'm going to probably screw up how to say these names, but uh, digoxin, heparin, and Sassinacline? I have no idea what hmm. to say that. I feel like there was a Law and Order SVU episode that was probably, probably loosely... Based, based on it? Yeah. Yeah. So, and she would inject people with these to induce these medical crises, crises of these patients. Um, but then a lot of times they ended up dying because yeah. she's an idiot. <laughs> but... Uh, maybe not that much. Because she's an idiot. <laughs> Although she did get away with it for a very long time. Um, and so it, she was, so the main character of Misery mm-hmm. kind of is loosely based on it in that, like, she essentially, you know, kidnaps the main, kidnaps James Conn's character um, and, you know, tortures him and all stuff to get him to write the character in his book the way she wants it written. Wow. So it's like, she, but she, but she thinks Amber, that she's doing... A- please don't ever get to the point where you're so obsessed with books that you're trying to emulate this shit, okay? Because you're one step below with your book addiction. So you're saying there's a chance. Um, yeah, no. I'm not that obsessed with my books. Um, but, yeah, so basically they both, you know, did things to people's... And they, in their heads, were like, oh, well, I'm doing this to help. Right. But they're just psychotic. Right. And so that one was like, you know, it was very loosely based on it. But I, I looked up the lady, and she kind of looks like Kathy Bates. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> good casting there. Um, some of the ones that I thought were the funnest when I was, like, researching were the ones that weren't even people. <laughs> that were They were based off of uh, animals, actually. So there's a movie, uh, Prime Evil. That was uh, about a giant killer crocodile, essentially. Yeah. Um, and he was uh, inspired by Gustav. <laughs> I just like his name, Gustav. Um, he's a 20-foot, 2,200-pound, that's 2,200-pound, giant man-eating crocodile uh, in nope. Burundi. Uh, he was believed to have killed and eaten upward of 300 people wow yeah um and some people would like said that they thought he was like over 100 years old but um like people who reported actually seeing him judging by the size of his teeth he's probably only like 60 but that's still, that's still pretty freaking that's pretty old. old for a giant man eating that's scary crocodile this thing died yes tell um, me um it didn't say. Oh no! <laughs> but I mean, it's in the. It's like the in the Nile. We're we're nowhere near this giant crocodile. <laughs> but what if we go there one day? I'm not going anywhere. Our very near first them. live podcast, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah. Uh, so that one was pretty fun, and then uh, one of my favorite horror movies, which is Jaws. I know it wasn't in my top three, but. It is in one. It's just one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I I love Steven Spielberg. I love creature features, and I can watch Jaws over and over again. Not the sequels necessarily, but the <laughs> first one was amazing. Um, and apparently Jaws was inspired by a couple different shark things. Um, so the movie Jaws is based off of the book Jaws uh-huh. by Peter Benchley, um, and Peter Benchley. It was inspired to uh, write his story because of this um, story about a fisherman, Frank Mundus. Is it Mundus? Yeah. Frank Mundus, uh, who caught this 4,500-pound shark. Jeez. Yeah. Like, great white off of the... How the fuck do you catch that? Fuck if I know, man. Jeez. 
Yes. <laughs> I, I'm thinking a little worm on the end of a hook isn't going to do, do it. it. <laughs> but like how we said that in unison. Really um, but yeah, like he caught it, this giant ass shark off the coast of Long Island. And so the, um, the book that was written by Peter Benchley, he based the idea of this yeah. giant killer shark off of this giant shark and uh, based the Robert Shaw character who's kind of like the crazy fisherman off of the real guy. Yeah. Off the real guy. Um, which I thought was kind of cool. And then it also, so at least the real life shark isn't a killer shark. It's just a giant ass shark, right? Sort of. Uh Because then the other thing I found, because that was what the book was based off of. And obviously the movie is based off of the book, but there was also, um, inspiration on the killer shark, uh, thing. Uh, that was because of real life shark attack that happened in the, in 1916. Mm. Uh, there was a giant great white shark that killed four people um, on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> Fucking Jersey, oh, Shore. Jersey Shore. Was it? Never mind. I was gonna be like, was it Jayla? I love Jayla. <laughs> no, <though>. Snooky. <laughs> I like Snooky too. I know she's a little short shit like me. I I, I feel it. Oh my god, I'm like Snooky and you're like Jayla. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was the the size of the shark was based off of that initial thing. Gotcha. But the kind the of idea people of people eating portion. Yeah, the idea of a people eating shark was based off of this real life shark that killed four people wow. in New Jersey in 1916. Apparently it was found with 15 pounds of human flesh in its belly. Holy shit. Yup. So, you know. That's fucking gross. Right? So, uh, apparently that it was odd for the area for that to have happened. But it did cause some, cause some, uh, some hysteria. I'm sure. You know. Uh, probably nothing like in the movies, though. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> but, um, so those ones were pretty fun to, like, find. Because, you know, when I was looking, I was thinking more along the lines of people. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, oh, shit. I love me a good creature feature, and it's kind of fun to find out that some of those also based on real things, but also kind of not fun because that is what my nightmares are made out of. <laughs> Giant creatures. I can handle a killer. I can handle right. It's literally like, like Ron in Harry Potter. Like, why is why it have, no, have to be spiders? Right. Well, and to me, it's like the idea of a giant. Spider? A version of something of a giant spider, a giant crocodile, a giant squid. Right. It's like I stand no chance. There's I'm so short as it is right now. <laughs> like I'm already tinier than everybody I know. I'm gonna be like just like bug on the bottom of Gustav's shoe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it to happen. <laughs> but um, so um, my second to last one is gonna be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, which, you know, is about a crazy, murderous, cannibalistic family in the backwoods, you know, uh, and, uh, a chain-wielding, uh, villain named Leatherface, who... Good times. ...wears a mask made of human skin. Yay! (laughs) Common themes. Common themes. Um, so... Basically, Leatherface, I mean, obviously there's several villains in that movie, but the most, you know, iconic villain that came out of the movie was Leatherface. Mm -hmm. And he um, is based off of a couple of different uh, serial killers. Ed Gain, who I will talk about in just a second, um, and then Elmer Wayne Henley. So apparently Henley uh, was one of... uh, several inspirations for multiple movies Mm -hmm. um but uh what he did was he was part of something called the houston mass murders in the early 1970s um he had a uh, an accomplice who he apparently abducted tortured assaulted and murdered uh 28 teenage boys (laughs) like and then turned himself in and turned his accomplice or no, turned himself in right after he killed his accomplice. And I believe I read that as well. And I was like, damn, these hoes ain't loyal. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, not only did I kill all these people with this person, then I killed this person too. Like, 
But if you're going to kill your accomplice, the one why, person who can turn against why you, why you turn yourself, yourself in? in? Yeah. At least I think I read that he turned himself in. I could have that completely wrong. And in which case, my bad. <laughs> um, apparently, he's still alive, though. Uh, and he is uh, serving six life sentences for his crimes. Um, and that's kind of scary to think that the inspiration for this, these movies... That he's still he's around? Still al- he's still alive. What, like, what an asshole. Um, but that brings me to my final thing and it's actually more about the person than the movies because he is an inspiration for uh several of you know the most popular horror movies and a couple of the ones that are actually on my list prior to this yeah um so i'm gonna talk about ed gain a little bit he was the inspiration for norman bates and psycho excuse me for buffalo bill in silence of the lambs Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, sure, for a bunch of other things as well, but these are yeah. some, the most well-known ones. Um, basically, so Gain was a serial killer that was known as the Butcher of Plainfield. Plainfield? Why can't I say that word? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he would exhume... Exhume? I am so sorry, people. I cannot talk today. Um... He would exhume corpses and create trophies from their body parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he would keep those at his at his house. Just um, And I have a list of all I those things. I love their decor. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's bad. Because he also, in addition to that, um, I'm going to give you a list of the things that they found in his house. Jeez. But before I do that, uh, the other things that he was known for, you know, grave robbing, was uh, he skin-wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a very unhealthy relationship with his mother, <laughs> much like Norman Bates. Um, he was very like you know, kept to himself. Yeah, kind of ice. Uh, you know, kind of isolated himself from everybody. Um, so he was pretty much he was a he was a buffet of inspiration. Yeah, <laughs> like he did all he hit he all, did the, all the things he hit all the points. <laughs> uh, and like they suspect him of necrophilia. He claims he never fucked did, a corpse. He, yeah, he claimed he never fucked a corpse because it smelled too bad. But I'm sorry if you're gonna do the stuff that I'm about to tell you that this fool did. He don't care about the smell. Do you really think there was a line there? Because I think feel like the line was probably obliterated. So basically, when he was arrested. They found, brace yourself, whole human bones as well as fragments, human skin covering chairs, waste baskets made of human skin, skulls used as bedposts, female skulls, some with no tops, like the top of the skull is cut off, uh, bowls made of human skulls. Wow. Mm -hmm. A corset made of human female torso from the shoulders to the waist. Holy shit. Leggings of human leg skin. Masks made from the skin of female heads. Uh, one of his victims' face um, mask, as uh-huh. like the mask of her face, in a bag. Um, her skull in a box. Um, one of his other victims' head in a burlap sack. Damn. Yeah. Um, one of the victims' hearts in a plastic bag near the stove. Damn. Yeah, um, nine vulva, or vulvae, in a box. My lady bits just cringed. Um, that's so gross! I know! Come on! I know! Um, oh god, a young girl's dress and two vulvas thought to be from 15-year-old girls. And yet he didn't fuck a corpse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet his standards. How dare you accuse me right. of such things? Uh, he made a belt adorned with human nipples. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's kind of. I'm sorry for laughing. At I that. know. I you can't. I just help. really wasn't expecting that. Please <laughs> continue. Um, four noses. <laughs> just noses. Uh, a pair of lips on the window drawstring. Ew. Yep. A lampshade made of human faces and fingernails from female fingers. He, he had, again, with his standards. standards. Um, that is disgusting. He, and he only confessed to killing two women. 
Where'd you get all the skulls then? He said that he just grave robbed and took them from, from people, which I'm sure a lot of that... Could be, but... Could be, but also... Nah. 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 Man. Nah. Nah. Uh, but thankfully, he was found guilty um, by way of criminal insanity. Wow. Because <laughs> obviously you gotta be crazy to do that shit. Um, and he lived out the remainder of his life in a men- mental institution. A menstrual um, institution. A menstrual <laughs> institution. Um, but he also, one of the uh, more recent things that he inspired uh, was um, Zachary Quinto's character in uh, American Horror Story Asylum. Oh, yeah? You know the insane Asylum? <laughs> Fuck you. <yeah. laughs> I'm sorry. I had to bring it back to it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send you to an insane asylum. <laughs> anyway, so anyone who hasn't seen that season <laughs> of American Horror Story, well, first of all, if you don't want to know what happens, I'm gonna put a spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so Zachary Kinto's character is like this psychiatrist that's like you know helping, and I'm using air quotes, people helping like people at the asylum that is the base of, base of the you know of that season. Uh huh. Um. And, but he, uh, in his alter ego, alter lifestyle, he is this serial killer known as Bloody Face. And basically he, you know, has, has his own mommy issues, um, much like Gane did. And in the show, he, he, uh, he rapes women. He has sex with corpses he mutilates bodies, all things that Gain was super well known for. So yeah. that's another more recent <laughs> inspiration. <laughs> uh, and that was actually, Asylum was one of my favorite seasons of American Horror Story. So that wasn't a movie it. thing, but it was, you know, another little fun fact TV version. <laughs> um, Is that it? Yep, that's it. That's all I got. Okay, let's go make some pie. Let's go make some pie.